It was like a bomb went off, a bomb of persnickety, subjective, tribally regional opinion, when Democrat and gubernatorial candidate Cynthia Nixon suggested that upstate New York began in Ithaca. Twitter had a field day. Now, her campaign quickly clarified that her remarks were merely a joke, but anyone looking to govern the state should know New Yorkers take their upstate-downstate divide seriously. Like, resolutely seriously. And part of that could be because the two regions feel so starkly different. In fact, I even used to joke that someone should stamp your passport at Albany's Crossgates Mall, where I-87 joins with I-90. Welcome to the Metro Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Flanagan. It's no secret that much of upstate New York is economically depressed and therefore seen as undesirable by many, which is an easy explanation for a recent study put out by the Empire Center for Public Policy. When you are losing more people than you're attracting, your domestic migration rate is negative. And in fact, New York's net domestic migration rate has been negative for a long time. That's Empire Center Director E.J. McMahon, and the domestic migration rate he's referring to is the annual estimate of how many Americans are moving into New York State versus how many New Yorkers are leaving, not counting immigrants and foreign nationals, of course. In the Empire Center's map of New York's 62 counties, 45 upstate counties were steadily losing population to other states. And only 17, mostly downstate counties, gained people. New York has been losing um, people to the rest of the country, net, for more than 50 years. Uh, Varying rates and varying numbers on a year-to-year basis, but it's been a net loss for 50 years, over 50 years. Uh, The reason our population hasn't gotten smaller is because uh, the, the population has been replenished during that period by an influx of foreign immigrants and by what's called the natural increase. That is, more people are born than die to the people who live here. Now, as for why people move, <clears throat> there's an upstate-downstate divide. Well, duh. According to EJ, the divide can largely be traced to a radical change in industry. Because once upon a time, upstate New York was a desirable, no wait, coveted place to be. Well, going back to the 19th century, upstate was was the original industrial heartland of America. It was uh, comparable in terms of innovation, inventiveness, and the sheer economic boom of the place. It was like Silicon Valley in some ways. Uh, the Erie Canal corridor, even after the canal itself uh, became obsolete with the invention of the railroad, uh, was a place that um, was was thriving with a combination of agriculture, major agricultural area, uh, and industry. Companies like Kodak and Xerox in Rochester, IBM in Binghamton, and the Port of Buffalo on the east end of Lake Erie were all major employers in the state, not to mention a robust agriculture sector. 
McMahon says as recently as 50 years ago, cities like Rochester had a higher per capita income than most of the U.S. But many of those jobs were in manufacturing, and so when companies like IBM moved production overseas, or companies like Xerox and Kodak just folded, or when the canal system known as the St. Lawrence Seaway opened in 1959, effectively killing the once-famed Erie Canal, the loss of each industry took thousands of jobs and an entire economy with them. In fact, New York State's upstate economy has been described as one of the worst in the country. I think it's reasonable to say, based on the numbers we have on the performance of the economy upstate, that the primary reason upstate cannot replenish the people it loses to other states, and the, and the, the primary reason upstate loses people in general is that upstate has not been creating and generating economic opportunity for decades now. Uh, it's the economies of most of the regions in upstate New York, the metro areas, have been little more than stagnant, if not worse. And if your economy is not growing and is not creating a lot of new jobs, uh, then you're not going to be able to attract and retain people. And I think that's the main reason for the upstate loss of people. What's left for people living upstate is an economy EJ describes of eds and meds, or jobs in the education sector and healthcare, although I would add government as a third major employer upstate. The Empire Center's migration study is best illustrated with a county-by-county county state map they shared on social media. Counties that were losing people were shaded in red and also upstate. Counties that gained people were shaded in blue and for the most part, downstate. And so, New York's population migration also reflects its growing political divide. I think that the ultimate problem for upstate, both upstate, upstate's benefit, or let's put it this way, upstate's advantage, greatest advantage and disadvantage is that it's in New York State. The weaker upstate New York gets, the more it is part, the more the politics of New York are directed from downstate. To a degree, to a degree we've never seen since colonial days, upstate, downstate has dominated both economically, uh, a New York State's politics is dominated and its economy um, by downstate and by the city in particular. The governor's from the city. The two other statewide elected officials, one's from the city, the attorney general, one's from the Long Island. Um, the Senate leaders from Long Island any conceivable Senate leader succeeding him will be from downstate. The Assembly Speaker is from the city, which has been the case for a long time. Uh, and the as as the as the share of population upstate declines, the upstate population was about over 35 percent of the total in 1980. It's now about 31 percent, 32 percent. As that happens, as the population net shifts and the number of voters shift. That also means that there are more state legislative seats and also, by the way, congressional seats and what are left are downstate. So I think that I think that downstate tends to be more tolerant of policies, of tax policies and regulatory policies in a political sense and in an economic sense that upstate New York finds to be a heavy burden. And so 
I think that's got to be another factor in, in the problems of upstate. And that lopsided population shift is also causing another problem politically. I also find that I think the I think in many of the upstate regions, as they've declined, if you talk to business leaders in those areas and kind of and kind of keep your ear to the ground, there's a danger of there's been a, there's a sort of a dependency syndrome. Um, the weaker they get, the more dependent they get on handouts from the state, or the may they the more they look to the state and say, "We're in trouble here. What are you going to do for us?" Which is the syndrome that fed a lot of Governor Cuomo's economic development policies, which I think have largely been ineffective and wasteful, um, and have not actually been the answer to the problem. But all may not be lost for upstate, because according to the Empire Center's map, there were a few upstate counties that grew in population. Saratoga has been uh, the healthiest economically, demographically, the healthiest county uh, in New York State, in upstate New York, and practically in the whole Northeast for decades, quite a, for quite a while now, because Saratoga has basically been the exurb that absorbed a lot of the sprawl and, and uh, exodus from the Albany, Schenectady, Troy area below it. Generally, one trend that's familiar in the rest of the country is that old cities, as old cities become poorer and depopulate so that more, more of the people who are left are poor, um, it's not that the people disappear entirely from the state, but they move to the suburbs. The, the thriving suburb in the Albany area is Saratoga County. Ontario plays a similar role in the economy of the Finger Lakes region near Rochester, in and around Rochester. Ontario, if Saratoga is, is or Ontario might be called the Saratoga of the Rochester region, or vice versa. Uh, Ontario is wine country, it's where Canandaigua is, if you know much about that. Um, it's touristy also. It's both a sort of a, a pleasant, green, touristy place, and also a, very, a nice place to buy yourself uh, a suburban home with a nice lawn and an acre or so. And low tax by the standards of that region, inexpensive by the standards of that region. So those two counties, that's what you see at work in those two counties, and you don't see it <clears throat> in the, uh, near those two major cities. You don't see it near Syracuse because Syracuse is a weaker city that is spinning off less to its neighbors. Buffalo is, is the center of an urbanist, of an older urbanist county, and the nearest county to it, Niagara, has its own old decaying city, Niagara Falls. And so you don't see that kind of, it's not like this flush greenfield kind of a place. So that's why those two places do well. Saratoga is bigger than Ontario, but they've both been growing over the last several decades, Saratoga especially. Hmm. Well, that makes sense for counties like Saratoga and Ontario. But how come my home county of Ulster didn't show up as having gained any significant population growth? Anyone who's been living in the Mid-Hudson Valley for at least the past 10 years has noticed a significant increase in urban professionals yes, that includes me, relocating or weekending in second homes. But EJ assures me it's a smaller difference between gains and losses, and Ulster County has in fact seen more people migrate out than new people migrate in. But he says I am right in noticing an economic shift 
in my neck of the woods. Ulster and even, to a lesser extent, Sullivan um, are like the poor man's Hamptons for people, for the even people now who are part of like the new successful young millennial Brooklyn population, they can't afford a summer place. If they want to leave Brooklyn in the summer, they're not going to the Hamptons. Some increasing numbers of them found a nice and expensive place on a pond in Ulster or Sullivan. That's part of it too. Poor man's Hamptons, huh? Well, the area is beautiful, and its proximity to New York, which is only about an hour and a half away, makes living there feasible and incredibly affordable for me. But without any major industry besides eds, meds, government, and tourism to hold the area up, what's drawing everyone else up here? One of the things that has changed, and I think this is part of why Beacon, Hudson, uh, Kingston and Newburgh as well have become so hot in recent years was years ago when people wanted to move to the country they really wanted to move like to the woods and what we're seeing now is what people want more if they're coming from you know a metropolitan area like New York they want to move to the quote-unquote country they want to move to Kingston they want to move to a place where they have a bustling you know uh, there is a there is a social life to the place and there's great restaurants, but you're still close enough to, you know, the woods or the river or the mountains, whatever floats your boat, that, you know, you can have that too. And so we've really come to a point in the evolution of the Hudson Valley culturally where you can have it all here. Next week on the Metro Focus podcast, I walk around New York's first capital, Kingston, and have a conversation about rural gentrification with Chronogram Magazine editorial director, Brian Mahoney. Thank you for listening. Want more of the Metro Focus podcast in your ear? Subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please remember to like Metro Focus on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a question for me or any of the Metro Focus staff, ask us on Twitter with hashtag MetroFocus. <laughs> <laughs>